and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. Today we are beginning a very short series on three women of the Old Testament and we're beginning with Hannah and the reading that we're going to have in a moment is 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 1 to 20. Let's ask for God's blessing as we come to read his word today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the great women of faith who have gone before us. Especially now we thank you for Hannah's example of faithful, persistent prayer, prayer from the heart. Lord, as we get a window today into her prayer life, into her passion, we ask that you would be teaching us also to pray. Be with us now, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Samuel 1, and beginning at verse 1. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zephite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zaph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. 
Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So, in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Well, Hannah's prayer is extraordinary. Verse 10 speaks of anguish. Verse 13, she is mistaken as being drunk. And verse 16, we see that she is consumed by grief. This is heartfelt prayer. There is a vein of spirituality which exalts quiet and contemplation over any other form of prayer. The argument sometimes continues that you have to be trained in certain ways of prayer to truly pray. I want to recognise absolutely that quiet and contemplation are great and absolutely we need to grow in the life of prayer. I need to grow in the life of prayer. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, he didn't dismiss them and say, well, it's not necessary. He responded by giving them a framework for prayer, the so-called Lord's Prayer. So all of that needs to be said. But having said that, true prayer can be what theologian Walter Brueggemann describes as incoherent speech. It can be cries or sighs. It can be tears. It can be a person in distress pouring out their heart before God. Perhaps you're so agitated as you come to God because your life is scrambled. Your thoughts and your prayers, your words are scrambled too. Your mind wanders and you wonder, is this true prayer? 1 Samuel chapter 1 encourages us. Hannah's prayer encourages us. Here is prayer from the heart. And the point is, and I want to underline this, here is a prayer that God answers. Indeed, he answers it in a way which grants Hannah the desires of her heart. And it also moves forward the work of God's kingdom. When you cry desperately to God, 
you are closer to the heart of prayer than you may realise. Come to God just as you are. Who knows how God will answer your prayer. So let's come to God in prayer now. Yeah, it may be that your, your thoughts are wandering. It may be that you can't express what you want to pray to God in a coherent sentence. Hopefully my own prayer will at least be understandable and you will be able to follow it. But even if that's not the case, just as you lift your heart to God, perhaps for yourself, perhaps for someone else, Perhaps you've asked and asked for something and God doesn't seem to answer. It's like lifting your prayers to a concrete wall in the sky. In your distress, in your desperation, you indeed may be closer to true prayer than you really realise. Lord, we lift our prayers to you today for those who are in distress. I want to pray very specifically for women like Hannah who are childless, who long to have a child, but it's never worked for them for whatever reason. Pray for those who have lost children through miscarriage, through stillbirth, or perhaps have lost a child after that child has been born. Lord, lift before you those in other forms of distress, unemployed, financial difficulties, seeking asylum, seeking leave to remain in the UK, locked into maybe difficult relationships. Whatever it is, with whatever words we can muster, we lift our prayer to you. We thank you and praise you once again that the Lord Jesus is on the side of the oppressed. As you come to God just as you are, who knows how God will answer your prayers. So we lift one another to you today, praying for your grace, praying for your mercy, praying for your deliverance, praying for answers to prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen.